there are few movies that stand near the top of the all-time list for income. One of those movies is The Sound of Music. With a budget of about $8 million when it was produced in the 1960s, it was one of the bigger budget films when it was made. That $8 million is about $62 million in today's US dollars. When it was released in 1965, it raked in over 35 times that amount, about $286 million, on its way to an impressive five Academy Awards, including the Oscar for Best Picture in 1966. That equates to about $2.1 billion today. Yes, that's billion with a B. And since then, it's made a couple hundred million dollars more. So when you adjust for inflation as of this recording, that ranks The Sound of Music as the fifth highest grossing film of all time. That's behind Gone with the Wind at number one, followed by Avatar, Star Wars, and Titanic. In a 2008 interview, the youngest of the Trapp family portrayed in the film, Johannes von Trapp, said, quote, The Sound of Music was great. But it was an American version of my family's life. It wasn't what we were." End quote. So if the movie isn't who they were, that begs the question, who were the real Trap family? I'm Dan Lefebvre, and this is Based on a True Story. This episode of Based on a True Story is brought to you by my amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash based on a true story podcast. Now, if you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a third party website that lets you support content creators like me. There's a lot of costs that go into this show or any podcast. There's the cost of the audio equipment, the software costs, computer, and then there's the hosting costs, website costs, newsletter system. It all adds up. Not to mention my own time, which hopefully you feel is worth something as well. So if you're enjoying this show, I would truly appreciate it if you could help me at least pay for the coffee that I drink while I'm writing and recording the show. You can do that over at patreon.com slash based on a true story podcast. There you can offer whatever you can, even if it's just a dollar a month. Honestly, every little bit helps. Plus, as a patron, you'll get an exclusive look behind the show and even get a peek into what's coming next week before anyone else. But if you can't, that's perfectly fine. I don't want you to feel pressured. This show will still be free. Find out more over at patreon.com slash based on a true story podcast. Once again, that's patreon.com slash based on a true story podcast. I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you in advance. And now, let's compare history with Hollywood's classic, The Sound of Music. The movie opens with breathtaking scenery of the Austrian mountains. As the camera pans around, an orchestral score begins. Soon, we see Maria, who's played by the super-talented Julie Andrews. We hear her start belting out the theme song to the movie. Don't worry, I'm not going to try that here. Her character is actually set up as one of the more troublesome nuns in a remote abbey. Because of Maria's troublesome behavior, the abbess decides to send Maria to the home of a retired Captain Von Trapp, 
who's played by Christopher Plummer. In the movie, we never really learn Maria's last name, although it's worth pointing out that in the Rodgers and Hammerstein version of the musical that the movie is based on, Maria has the last name of Rainer. That's not true. Rainer was Maria's mother's maiden name, but not her father's name or her last name. Now, before we continue, we should probably clarify a few things about the real people, starting with Maria. The real Maria wasn't quite the same character that Julie Andrews portrayed in the film. In truth, the character Maria was based on a woman named Maria Augusta Kachura. Maria was born on January 26, 1905. Two years later, her mother died and her father sent her off to live with an older cousin. It was here that Maria grew up under strict household rules. She was an atheist and a socialist until her college years when her worldview was changed by a Jesuit priest. That's how she ended up dedicating her life to a convent. On the other hand, the real captain that Christopher Plummer portrays in the film was Georg von Trapp. Born on April 4, 1880, Georg von Trapp joined the Austrian Navy at the age of 18. Like in the movie, the title Captain comes from that time, as he served from 1898 to 1918 during both the Boxer Rebellion and World War I. The movie alludes to the captain having a wife before the timeline of the film, although there's not really a lot of information about her in the movie. The true story here is that Georg von Trapp married Agatha Whitehead while the captain was still in the Navy. Agatha was the granddaughter of Robert Whitehead, who was the inventor of the modern torpedo. So that is actually where the captain received much of his wealth, as Agatha inherited money from her grandfather. After Captain von Trapp left the Navy at the age of 38, it was Agatha's inherited wealth that let the couple settle down with their family. Sadly, Agatha passed away on September 3, 1922, from scarlet fever that she contracted from one of her children. In the movie, after Maria arrives at the Trapp family home, she's left alone and starts wandering around the house. That's how she stumbles upon a dark ballroom. She meets the stern Captain Von Trapp when the door bursts open. This room is off limits, something she later learns from the children has been the case ever since their mother passed away. That's not true. In fact, Georg and Agatha never lived in the home in the movie together. In truth, Georg moved from where they lived in Erlhof to a new home in Salzburg in 1924, two years after Agatha passed. It was because of her passing that Georg felt his family needed a change of scenery. Erlhof is in what's modern-day Germany, about 250 miles to the north of Salzburg, Austria. So it's not really possible to have rooms in the home that their mother used, as the movie indicates. There's another little detail that shows us the military precision that the captain uses to run his family. That's the whistle. He has a unique call for each child. This is actually true. According to the Trap family's official website, quote, In Salzburg, we had a large house and large gardens. So he used that whistle to call us instead of his voice, which we might not have heard. 
each one of us had a special call, and one call for when he wanted all of us. When we heard this, we stormed to him, but we never had to march or stand at attention, end quote. The weather's getting nicer, which means now is the perfect time to plan ahead for summer fun. Personally, I'm hoping to be able to visit my family this summer, and that means booking flights as soon as possible before the prices go up. And now you can help ensure your money is there when you need it with today's sponsor, Earn In. Just download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $100 a day and up to $750 per pay period so you can start making your summer plans now. It's free and easy to get started. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in True Story under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. True Story under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Thanks, Earn In. Another big difference between the movie and the true story comes with the purpose of Maria's arrival at the trap family home. In the movie, Maria is called to the captain's home to be a governess for all seven children. The children in the movie are Liesel, Frederick, Louisa, Kurt, Brigitta, Marta, and Gretel. And the actors portraying the children are Charmaine Carr, who plays Liesel, Nicholas Hammond, who plays Friedrich, Dwayne Chase, playing Kurt, Angela Cartwright, playing Brigitta, Debbie Turner, who plays Marta, and last, but Certainly not least, the youngest child, Gretel, is played by Kim Carreth. None of these children's names are real. They were all changed for the movie. The real trapped children were Rupert, Werner, Johanna, Agath, Maria Francisca, Martina, and Hedvig. But while the movie says Maria was tasked with being the governess of all seven children, the truth is that Maria was a schoolteacher at the Abbey. Then young Maria Francisca contracted scarlet fever. This was the same sickness that had taken Agatha's life, her mother, so Georg used his wealth to try to help Maria Francisca. One of those things he did was to contact the local abbey to get an in-home tutor. Maria was tasked with the job, and that is how the real Maria ended up at the Trap family home. In the movie, Julie Andrews' version of Maria arrives at the home and quickly starts to teach the children about music. Through musical excursions and outings, the children find more joy than they'd experienced in a long time. The children fall in love with Maria, and Maria with children. There's tidbits of truth here, but the premise is a little different than what actually happened. Of course, all the songs in The Sound of Music were made up for the movie, but even more than that, the Tramps were already very musically inclined. Maria didn't have to teach them, when you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi, like she did in the movie. And they didn't have to hide from Captain Von Trapp, like the movie claims. In truth, Georg Von Trapp loved musical activities with his family. He wasn't the cold-hearted patriarch that the movie makes him out to be, 
All of that warming of the heart as Georg and Maria fall in love through music was made up for the movie. As we start to see the captain and Maria grow closer in the movie, there's another woman in the picture. This is Baroness Elsa Schrader, who's played by Eleanor Parker in the film. Captain Von Trapp gets engaged to the Baroness, something that causes quite a bit of distress for the children and Maria, who actually finds herself falling in love with the captain. In truth, Baroness Schrader is based on a wealthy Viennese countess whom the children called Princess Ivane. Interestingly, in 1956, there was another movie which told the story of the Trapp family. It was simply called The Trap Family, and this film was the inspiration for the Broadway musical that The Sound of Music was then based on. However, there was no Baroness role in that film. Instead, The Trap Family movie more accurately casts the actress Maria Holst in the role of Princess Yovane. So, like they did with the children, the name of the real person was changed in the movie, and we ended up with the character of Baroness Schrader. Although her name may have been different, the character was fairly similar to the real person. Granted, the events and conversations that took place in the movie between the Baroness and the Captain may not be accurate, but the overarching storyline is really similar to reality here. According to a letter written by one of the children, Agath, Princess Yovane, as the children called her, was apparently a cousin of Georg von Trapp's first wife, Agatha, so that's likely how the two met. In the movie, once she realizes she's falling in love with the captain, Julie Andrews' version of Maria runs back to the Abbey. As someone who's never experienced love before and knowing the captain is to be engaged to the Baroness, she seeks the advice of the Mother Abbess. This character, who's played by Peggy Wood, advises the young Maria to follow her heart. She does this with yet another great song climb every mountain. None of this happened. In truth, once Maria was assigned to be the governess for the one ill daughter of Georg von Trapp, she never returned to the abbey. The Baroness did, though, realize that Georg and Maria were falling in love with each other. One day, just like in the movie, the real Princess Yvonne told Maria that Georg was in love with her. This came as a shock to Maria, who was not in love with Georg. She was, however, in love with the children. According to Maria's autobiography, quote, I really and truly was not in love. I liked him, but didn't love him. However, I loved the children. So in a way, I really married the children. By and by, I learned to love him more than I have ever loved before or after, end quote. So she married Georg to stay with the children. Eventually, she did fall for Georg, but it wasn't the love at first sight for Maria that the movie makes it seem. Here is a good time to mention that the timeline of the movie is skewed as well. In the movie, all of these events are happening just before the Nazis take over Austria, but that's not true. A brief overview of the real timeline would be that Georg and his first wife, Agatha, had their first child in 1911. Georg then left the Austrian Navy in 1918 when World War I ended. Then in 1922, Agatha passed away. In 1926, Maria came to help tutor one of the children, Maria Francisca, who took ill from scarlet fever. 
Then the following year, on November 6, 1927, Georg married Maria, making her Maria von Trapp. Germany annexed Austria on March 12, 1938. So, while there was plenty of Nazi propaganda before the official annexation, Georg and Maria were married before the Nazis even rose to power in Germany, and a full 11 years before the Nazis took over Austria. So, perhaps it's because of the altered timeline that the movie doesn't mention three more children that Georg and Maria had together in those 11 years. They were Rosemarie, Eleanor, and Johannes. So, the timeline is off. The next major plot point in the movie surrounds Georg von Trapp being called into the German Navy after the annexation of Austria. But Georg refuses to join the Nazi party. This is very true. But there's actually more to the story than the movie indicates. Before the Nazis took over Austria, Georg had moved all of his savings from London to an Austrian bank owned by a friend of his. This was a move that would prove to be a problem. In 1929, the crash on Wall Street that caused the Great Depression in the United States stretched around the world. It also affected banks around the world, and the Austrian banks failed. By 1935, the Trapp family had run out of money. Their servants were sent away, and the family moved into the top floor of their estate so they could rent out the other rooms. One of the people who stayed in their home was Father Franz Wasner. It was Father Wasner who helped the Trapp family start their singing career as a way to make money. So by the time the Germans annexed Austria, the Trapp family was touring around Austria as a family of singers. On one of these trips in the summer of 1938, just after the annexation of Austria by Germany, the Trapp family was singing in Munich when they actually met Hitler himself at a restaurant there. But this was more of a chance meeting. It wasn't this encounter, but it was because of Captain Georg von Trapp's military background that the German Navy recruited him. But just like in the movie, Georg vehemently opposed the Nazi party. He had had enough of war, and he didn't want to leave his family. So he simply refused to join the German Navy. The German Navy, on the other hand didn't really like that. The movie ends when the Trapp family performs one last time in Austria. While no one else knows, the Trapp family has arranged an escape after this last performance. With Nazis closing in, the Trapp family manages to escape the auditorium. The soldiers search for the family across the city, one of these being young Rolf, who's played by Daniel Truheit. In the movie, Rolf was the romantic interest of the Trapp's oldest daughter, Liesel. This makes for a tense moment when the family friend is now in the Nazi party and ends up trying to turn them in. While that sort of romance could have happened at the time, and there were plenty of family friends who turned on their own family, friends, and neighbors at the time, this particular budding romance was made up for the film. The movie's final moments end happily as we see the Trapp family escaping over the mountains. The overarching plot line is correct, but the details were all made up. By that, what I mean is that the Trapp family did escape the Nazis, but it didn't happen the way that it did in the movie. 
There wasn't one last very touching performance as the captain bids a sad farewell to the Austria he loves by singing the song Edelweiss. In fact, the song Edelweiss was made up for the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, so there's no way that he could have actually sung it. According to the memoirs of Agath, called Agath von Trapp, Memories Before and After the Sound of Music, she says the family simply crossed the street, boarded a train, and requested asylum in the United States. Providing a few more details in a 2003 interview with Oprah News, Maria Francisca said, quote, We did tell people that we were going to America to sing, and we did not climb over the mountains with all our heavy suitcases and instruments. We left by train, pretending nothing, end quote. Still, and this is purely my speculation, but I would venture to guess that with all of these details, it's safe to say that while the Germans did want Captain von Trapp to join their navy, he apparently wasn't the highly sought target that the movie implies. Otherwise, the Nazis certainly wouldn't have let the family go to America to perform. Even if the United States and Germany weren't at war at the time, it wasn't likely that they were exactly friendly. So if Captain Von Trapp had been some highly prized Navy captain like the movie makes it seem, the Nazis wouldn't have let him left. I think history proves that the Nazis were willing to do whatever it took to get what they really wanted. So the whole chase scene where the Nazis are trying to track down the Trapp family toward the end of the film was made up. While the movie claims this happened in 1939, again, the timeline is off here. In truth, the Trapp family arrived in America toward the end of 1938. We know this because there's documentation of the last child of Georg and Maria von Trapp being born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in January of 1939. He was the 10th child and the only one to be born in the United States. After the events in the movie, the Trapp family continued their singing careers. They moved to a comfortable home in Vermont and spent much of the 1940s touring the United States singing. They continued this until 1957, when the Trapp family singers officially broke up. Oh, and as you can tell by the name, Trapp Family Singers, they dropped the word Von from their last name. That's actually a common word in a lot of Austrian and German names that's used to mean from and originally denoted where somebody was from, their origin. However, over the centuries, that turned into an indication of nobility since those two things often coincided. There's not really much documentation about why this was or why they actually dropped that in their name. So this is just my speculation, but maybe it was a marketing thing. After World War II, maybe they didn't think Americans would be as likely to see the Von Trapp family singers. Or maybe it was just for the sake of simplicity. The Trapp family singers rolls off the tongue a little bit easier than the Von Trapp family singers, at least for us Americans. Anyway. And just wanted to point that out because through this episode, I've referred to them as the Trap family, unless I've mentioned a specific person. That's just because they dropped Vaughn and their own family surname when they tour the U.S. Anyway, after the Trap family singers broke up, the family's relationship stayed close-knit, but they went their separate ways to find new careers. On May 30th, 1947, Georg von Trapp died of lung cancer at the family home in Stowe, Vermont. Maria lived for another 40 years. She passed in a Morrisville, Vermont hospital of heart failure 
three days after having surgery on March 28, 1987, at the age of 82. After her parents' passing, their home went to Maria Francisca. She turned it into a travel destination called the Trapp Family Lodge. Today, the Trapp Family Lodge is a beautiful 2,500-acre resort that overlooks the town of Stowe, Vermont, from the nearby mountains. Stowe is about 25 miles to the east of the New York and Vermont border along Lake Champlain. As of this recording, of the original Trapp children, only the three youngest are still alive. Rupert, the oldest, was born on November 1, 1911, and was a physician by trade and was married twice. He had two sons and four daughters. Rupert passed away at the age of 80 on February 22, 1992. Next is Agatha. She was the second oldest, born on March 12, 1913. She continued her love of music as she enjoyed life as a singer and artist. She never married or had children. But living in Baltimore, Maryland, she ran a kindergarten at the Sacred Heart Catholic Parish in Glendon, Maryland. Agatha passed away at the age of 97 on December 28, 2010. Maria Francisca, the little child whose sickness ultimately brought Georg and Maria together, was born on September 28, 1914. She didn't stay in the U.S. after the Trap Family Singers broke up, though. Instead, she went to Papua New Guinea to be a missionary. In 1965, she returned to the family home in Vermont, where she helped run the family lodge. For five days, from July 22nd to July 27, 2008, Maria Francisca, Johannes, and Werner's widow, Erica, were the only members of the Trapp family to return to their childhood home in Salzburg, Austria. On February 18, 2014, at the age of 99, Maria Francisca passed away. The fourth oldest child was Werner. He was born on December 21, 1915. He married in 1948 and had six children, four sons and two daughters. One of his daughters, Elizabeth von Trapp has continued to carry on the family's musical tradition with her career as a folk singer. Werner passed away at the age of 91 on October 11, 2007. Hedwig was the fifth oldest child, born on July 28, 1917. She followed in her stepmother's footsteps as she was a schoolteacher by trade. She lived in Hawaii and never married nor did she have any children. She passed away at the age of 55 on September 14, 1972. Sixth oldest was Johanna. She was born on September 7, 1919. She got married in 1948 and ended up moving back to Austria. Living in Vienna, Johanna and her husband had seven children. She died in Vienna at the age of 75 on November 25, 1994. The final of the seven children from Georg and his first wife, Agatha, was Martina. She was born on February 17, 1921. She was married, but sadly didn't survive the birth of her first child. She died of complications during childbirth on February 25, 1951, at only 30 years of age. Her daughter was stillborn. The first of the children from Georg and Maria was Rosemarie. There's some discrepancy about when she was born. According to some, she was born on February 8, 1928. 
This was the date that Maria's petition for naturalization, the papers that she signed under oath when Maria arrived in the United States, that's the date that those papers had. But then later in her autobiography, Maria von Trapp said Rosemarie was born on February 8th, 1929, one year after the other paperwork. If it was 1928, seeing as Georg and Maria were married on November 6th, 1927, that would mean that Rosemarie was conceived out of wedlock. Not exactly something that the Catholic religion smiles upon. So which was it? We don't really know. Like her older sister, Rosemarie was also a missionary in Papua New Guinea for many years. She hasn't married and doesn't have any children. As of this recording, she's still alive and currently living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Eleanor was born on May 14, 1931. Married in 1954 and has seven children, all girls. She's also alive as of this recording and lives in Vermont with her family. The last of the Trapp family is Johannes. He was born on January 17, 1939. He married in 1969 and has two children, one son and one daughter. Together with his son Sam, Johannes currently runs the family resort in Stowe, Vermont. In the end, even though the movie changes quite a few of the details, no one can deny that the Trapp family story is an extraordinary one. It certainly deserves to live on through history. Today, you can visit Georg and Maria, along with four of their children, Rupert, Werner, Hedwig, and Martina. Georg and Maria von Trapp are buried alongside each other in a cemetery at the family lodge. This episode of Based on a True Story was written and produced by me, Dan Lefebvre. If you want to learn about the true story behind The Sound of Music, there's no shortage of great reading. The Trapp children have written a number of books that are all great, including Maria von Trapp's autobiography called Maria, My Own Story, or another book that she wrote called The Story of the Trapp Family Singers, or there's the memoirs of Agath von Trapp called Memories Before and After The Sound of Music, an autobiography. Or you can even go a different route and read the book by Captain Georg von Trapp himself called To the Last Salute, Memories of an Austrian U-Boat Commander. That's not necessarily about the Trapp family singers, but if you want to learn more about Captain von Trapp's time in the Austrian Navy, it is a great read. Thanks so much for listening to the Based on a True Story podcast. As a podcaster, it can be easy to slip into thinking that this is a one-way conversation at times. So I know the Christmas season is approaching, and I know it's really easy to get all wrapped up in the hustle and bustle, but if you've got an extra couple of minutes, I would truly appreciate it if you could hop over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show. Or if you don't want to do that, you can always hop onto Twitter and reach out to me directly where I am at Dan Lefebvre, that's D-A-N-L-E-F-E-B. Let me know what you think of this episode, or let me know what you think of the show overall. I can't wait to hear from you. Thanks again for listening.